Tuesday, December the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, EU approves Novavax and Trump sues Attorney General. First, the world in brief. The Omicron variant was responsible for 73% of recent COVID-19 infections in America, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In some states, such as New York, the figure is thought to be 90%. The EU, meanwhile, approved Novavax's COVID-19 jab, Nuvaxavid, a long-delayed shot that has shown 90% efficacy against infections in trials, although it is not yet clear how well it combats Omicron. Moderna reported that a third dose of its COVID-19 vaccine increased immunity against the Omicron variant, with preliminary lab results suggesting it increases antibody levels by about 37 times compared with the two-dose regimen. Donald Trump sued New York's Attorney General, Letitia James, in an attempt to stop her civil investigation into his business dealings. Miss James is seeking to question him under oath in January as part of her inquiry. The former president, who is notoriously litigious, accused Miss James of trying to, quote, harass and, quote, intimidate him. Her office called the suit a delay tactic. The World Economic Forum in Davos, an annual meeting that draws politicians and business leaders from around the globe, was postponed. It had been due to take place in late January, but organisers deemed the risks posed by the spread of the Omicron variant too severe to go ahead. It will now probably be held in early summer. The Biden administration issued stricter rules to raise vehicle fuel efficiency standards. Makers of cars and light-duty lorries must achieve a fleet-wide average of 55 miles per gallon by model year 2026, up from 43 miles per gallon set during the Trump administration. Regulators estimate that will prevent roughly 3.1 billion tonnes of CO2 emissions over the next three decades. Alaa Abdel Fattah, an Egyptian activist who gained prominence in the wake of the 2011 uprising that ousted Hosni Mubarak, the country's longtime president, was jailed for five years for spreading false news. A human rights lawyer and a blogger were given four-year sentences for the same offence. They were detained in 2019 after rare anti-government protests. Human rights groups have denounced the verdicts. The death toll from Typhoon Rai in the Philippines jumped to at least 375, according to police. The storm made landfall in the country's southeast on Thursday. Strong winds of around 195 kilometers an hour, 120 miles an hour, and heavy rain forced some 400,000 people to flee their homes. BNP Paribas said it plans to exit the American retail banking market by selling its unit there, Bank of the West, for $16.3 billion to Canada's BMO Financial Group. France's biggest bank has struggled to keep up with its larger rivals in America. It plans to use the proceeds from the sale to build its presence in the European market and fund share buybacks. And fact of the day, 500. 
roughly the number of cinemas that have opened in Saudi Arabia since 2018, when the first new one in three decades raised its curtain. Now the kingdom is making films of its own. And now, here's today's agenda. The year in review. Finally, change in Germany. This week, we are looking back on 2021. Today, politics. People were sceptical when traffic lights were introduced in Berlin in the 1920s, notes Olaf Scholz, Germany's new chancellor. But today, they're indispensable. Mr Scholz hopes his untested, quote, traffic-like coalition, which took office on December 8th, will enjoy similar success. Mr Schultz, a social democrat, leads a three-way government with the Greens and Free Democrats, FDP, a pro-business outfit. The parties have inherited a wealthy, stable country, but one that failed to grapple with challenges, including digital infrastructure and China, during Angela Merkel's 16-year tenure. Top of Mr Schultz's to-do list will be accelerating Germany's green transition. The parties want renewables to account for 80% of electricity production by 2030. Germany's EU partners will hope Mr Schultz will share Mrs Merkel's devotion to holding the club together amid threats from Covid-19 to Russian menaces. But the Chancellor must also monitor the unity of his own coalition. On some issues, the FDP may pull in one direction and the Greens in another. The Year in Review America's Retreat from Afghanistan Quote, The Taliban is not the North Vietnamese army, declared President Joe Biden on July 8th, days after America retreated from Afghanistan. Quote, there's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of the embassy. By August 15th, Chinooks were shuttling American diplomats from the capital. America's flight from Kabul, like its departure from Saigon in 1975, was a defining geopolitical moment, the world's mightiest country again defeated by a weaker enemy. In 2021, the chaotic abandonment flooded neighbouring countries with refugees, and emboldened jihadists around the world. But the enduring lesson from Vietnam may be the importance of perspective. Despite the humiliating defeat, within 15 years America had won the Cold War and emerged as a pre-eminent global power. That may be a consolation to America. It is of little solace to Afghans, who must now face life under the Taliban. The Year in Review China Sets Its Sights on Taiwan If 2020 was the year in which China secured its dominance over Hong Kong, 2021 was the year in which it turned the screws on Taiwan, an ethnically Chinese country that China regards as its own. This year, a record number of Chinese warplanes flew into the airspace around the island. In March, Admiral Phil Davidson, the departing head of America's Indo-Pacific Command, told Congress that he worried about China attacking Taiwan as soon as 2027. 
China's growing belligerence has forced policymakers in Washington to think seriously about how they would handle a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. An early sign of the increasing tension in the Asia-Pacific was the announcement in September of AUKUS, a collaboration between America, Australia and Britain to provide Australia with nuclear-powered submarines. China immediately lashed out at the pact, but Taiwan welcomed it as a quote, positive and necessary trend for peace and stability in the region. America's tightrope grows even thinner. The Year in Review The Palestinian cause no longer binds the Arab world. This year saw more fighting in the Holy Land. In May, an 11-day war between Israel and Hamas, the Islamist group that controls Gaza, left 242 Palestinians and 10 Israelis dead. The fighting accomplished nothing except to clear the field for the next round of hostilities. There is little pressure on Israel to resolve the broader conflict. Last year, Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan and the United Arab Emirates established diplomatic relations with the Jewish state. Fully, half of Arabs now live in countries that recognise Israel. The new Israeli government, led by Naftali Bennett, tried to deepen those ties in 2021. Meanwhile, support for the two-state solution is declining among both Israelis and Palestinians. Neither group is sure what it does support. Recent efforts to broker a peace have been listless. President Joe Biden seems disinclined even to try. There have been no direct talks between Israel and the Palestinians since 2014. Few observers expect that to change in 2022. Winter Quiz Week 2 The battle with Arboristas continues. As in Week 1, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Who directed the films The Omen, Lethal Weapon and The Original Superman? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Benjamin Disraeli, who was born on this day in 1804. Courage is fire and bullying is smoke. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 